Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Matthew 13 is our text this morning, but I'm excited about this series. We're going to continue, and it is a remix of a series we did in the first year of our church called Planted and Flourishing. I had lots of great feedback of all the different series we've had over the last three and a bit years. Manus Day was a great series about God's hand. Um, Some other ones we've had like uh, Much Love, a series on relationships, but the series has had the most amount of feedback to me has been Planted and Flourishing because it embodies what we believe as a church. We don't believe our church should be this buffet type scenario where you kind of come in, grab what you need, get a little of this, and then you're going to go off and go somewhere else. No, we believe church should be a house where you are planted. And you come in, it's home, you sit down. You you let the roots go deep and um, and let God do that transforming work and bring about that flourishing life. And that's what Psalm 92 says, it's a promise. It says, they are planted in the house, speaking of they, that's God's people, and flourish in his courts. Flourishing in his courts. And us as New Testament believers... We get to be planted in the house of God. And if we understand that correctly, we're planted in Jesus because he is the body. He is where the body of believers and we are planted in Jesus in his house. And the other thing I said last week, and if you weren't here, please go back and listen to the podcast or watch the message on YouTube. But I said this, the church is the greatest organization in the world. It is on a level of no other organization in the world. And this is why, because Jesus is the head. Jesus runs the church. We are the body. He is the head. So it's different. There are great organizations in the world, great education facilities, not-for-profits. That's all great, but there's nothing like the church. The church is different on a whole nother level. And I really pray this series would give us a greater understanding of just how beautiful God's church is because Jesus laid down his life for the church. So in Matthew 13, because we're in a series called Planet and Flourishing, we go to Matthew 13 and Jesus is telling a story. He uses parables to explain. And the reason he uses parables, I kind of like to think of it as a motion picture experience. He's showing us a picture, a vivid imagery picture of our relationship between us and God. He's trying to describe how it is and the way it works and the dynamics of the kingdom of God. That's why he told parables. But in Matthew 13, he talks about the parable of the sower. And this is found in all three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. So those three Gospels are synoptic Gospels, which is essentially the same, similar. That's what that means. John's Gospel is written much later by John. um, But the parable of the sower is found in all three of those Gospels. And I believe, again, it's because Jesus is trying to show us in a vivid way how our relationship exists between us and God and the kingdom dynamics. So in verse 1, are you there yet? says this, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying a sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seeds fell along the path and the birds came down and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up But since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rise, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Verse 7 says, Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. 
Other seeds fell on good soil. Everybody say good soil. And produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. I want to preach a message titled today, I've Got Soil. I've Got Soil. Last week's message title was, I am a tree. And I want to make it shockingly simple in this series because it is simple. God's given us a picture of what our relationship is like with Him. I've got soil. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for the power of your word this morning, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to preach it. Father, I pray this would be your words and not mine. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Thank you for giving us such an amazing time in your house already this morning. We pray that would continue and keep going out into baptisms afterwards, Lord. We thank you for everything you're doing. Pray for colonial kids, Lord, and what you're investing into them right now, Father. We thank you for that as you're building up their little spirits even now. In Jesus' name, we all said together, Amen. Amen. So I really want this series to be more than kind of what's obvious. What I mean by that is, it could be obvious to sit and say, well, you know, pastor's getting up there and saying we need to be in church more. Can I just say something? That's obvious. That's a Captain Obvious statement. We need to be in church more. That's obvious to me. But the reason why we need to be in church more is the key. Why do we need to be in church more? It's because of this parable right here. It's about having receptivity to God's word. It's having heart condition that is able to receive what God wants to do. See, planted and flourishing, I believe it's not about routine. It's about being connected to God. That's why we need to be in church more. But if it needs to be said, I will say it. We need to be in church more. We need to be in church every week. We need to be in church as much as possible. And I find it funny today that that still needs to be said, but it's true. The statistics tell us, I think, that in our country, roughly on a monthly basis, people go to church 1.45 times a month. 1.45 times a month. Can I just encourage you that 1.45 times a month does not translate to Psalm 92. It does not translate to being planted in the house and flourishing in his courts. It doesn't translate. And that's why we need, I believe, to do this type of series every year because it's true. We need to be planted in God's house. And from that place, we need to take our commitment, our resolve, our determination, our readiness, our willingness to a whole new level when it comes to God's church in Jesus' name. So this parable is all about soil. And I want to start off by saying this in this message I've got soil is this. The soil of my life is tethered to the receptivity of my heart. So the soil of my life, if you want to take the analogy that Jesus uses, the soil is my heart. And the seed goes into the soil and produces a harvest or produces grain, like Jesus says. But the extent of that production is based on the receptivity of my heart. Whether or not my heart's in the type of condition that God can use. And I'll simplify it even more. Good soil, good heart. Bad soil, bad heart. Offended soil, hard heart. Hardened heart, hard soil. You get the picture. But God's trying to teach us. He's trying to show us. Take care of the soil. Make sure the soil is in good shape. He goes on, Jesus goes on in verse 13. And he sort of 
completes the picture for the, for the immediate people that were in his world, which people, these were people that understood the Old Testament. And he says this in verse 13, this is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this, for the people's heart, see how it connects the dots already, says for the people's heart has grown dull. And with their ears, they can barely hear. And with their eyes, they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and look at it. He says, and understand with their heart and in turn, I would heal them. So he's confirming the picture, but he's not talking about human comprehension to Jesus. To the seed that the, the sower wants to sow, and that's, that's Jesus wanting to sow seed into your life. He's not talking about human comprehension. He's not talking about our, our ability to reason and try to figure things out. How often do we try to do that? It's like, give me the app. Give me the methodology. Give me the process. Give, show me the website where I can click through and you know, make, get everything happen. Give me the formula. Jesus is not talking about human comprehension. He's talking about the heart's receptivity to him. That's the soil of our lives. God uses the heart as the rudder for our lives. And Jesus is talking about the soil of our lives receiving and, being, and God being able to use that rudder to do what? To direct, to speak, to help us motion forward in life. See, if God doesn't have your heart, He doesn't have the rudder of your life. He can't speak to you. Can't, he can't correct you. Can't, he can't move you over to where He wants you to go. God wants to sow something in you that will grow from seed form. But it all comes down to the soil. It all comes down to what the soil looks like. So point number one this morning is this. I have soil. I have soil. Just like I am a tree. I have soil. But it's amazing the different levels that Jesus says in this parable. He shows us. He says, seeds they fell on the path. That was the first one. Seeds they fell on the rock. That was the second one. Seed fell among thorns. That was the next one. And then finally he gets to the good soil. But he says something that, that God showed me for the very first time. I've read this parable so many times. He showed me this week something I, that, you know, you read a piece of scripture and it's like, I never saw that before. He says this in verse six, other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did, did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up and says this, since they had no depth of soil. They had no depth of soil. There was nothing deep about their lives. There was nothing the receptivity, the condition of their lives, there was not enough depth to be able to contain what God wanted to do. So it had no lasting impact. I want my life to represent deep soil. I want my heart to have the ability to receive what God wants to do, which means that I need to take care of the depth of my soil. Make sure I have my soil right. My soil is where the seed that Jesus wants to sow the seeds of the kingdom into. And where the Holy Spirit will interact with daily. You know, the heart is the battleground for our lives. See, a lot of people, they like, they like you to think that, it, that the mind is a battleground. And like the Bible says, we need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. But the heart is the battleground. The enemy has a plan to take you off course. And if he can get your heart, he can get your life. But if God has your heart, he owns it all. 
He has everything because God changes us from the inside out. Can I get an amen in church this morning? He warns, Jesus warns of this scenario in the parable. This time I'm going to read it from Luke in verse 6 of Luke chapter 8, I think it is. He says, And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, this is speaking about those that haven't taken care of their soil quality and there's no depth to it. They hear the word, they receive it with joy, but because they have no root, they believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. Time of testing fall away. Isn't it funny? Sometimes we, get, we, we see people come into church and they get saved and it's like there's joy, it's happiness, but then the challenge comes. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, when I first encountered Jesus for the first time and I received him into my heart, my life got worse. My relationships got worse. It was like God took a wrecking ball through my life and said, hey, son, we're going to start again. We're going to start again. Everything's going to change from now on because I have your heart, but we need to have depth of soil. Because if we don't, there might be joy for a week or two or maybe a small season. But when the challenges come, when maybe the offence comes our way, we find ourselves going off course and leaving maybe our beliefs to the wayside or church as well. That's why being planted in church is so important. Because you get get around people who encourage you to have deep soil. You get around people who encourage you to stay planted, to be in church. We need to ride out the the challenges, the ups and downs of life together in church. The path of the righteous winds up for the wise, the Proverbs say. I love that passage. It winds upwards, there's twists, there's turns. That's why we've got to be planted. Because we help each other in Jesus' name. But make no mistake, the heart is the most important place. Proverbs 21 and verse 12 says, People may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. David said in Psalm 139, he said, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. And look at it in verse 24. It says, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You notice how he puts one before the other? He says, if there's anything going on, just clear the decks and then lead me into the everlasting life. So point number one is I have soil. And point number two this morning is this. Only I determine my own soil quality. I was thinking about this message and I just thought, you know what? I wonder how important soil quality is. You know, just gardening, being outside. I wonder how important soil quality is. I mean, I kind of know it's important, but, you know, I just thought, I'll just do something fun. So I went to the source of all information, Google, as a good preacher does. Just kidding. But I typed in, I said, how important is soil quality? And I was amazed at the answer that just popped up. And how when you read it, and if you have a spiritual life and you maybe understand a little bit about the kingdom of God, the way it spoke to me. So I want to put up on the screen. It said this, how important is soil quality? It says, poor quality and depleted soil won't hold any water and will make it impossible for your plants to thrive and even survive. The key to healthy, high quality soil is lots of organic matter, things formed by living organisms. Keep in mind that soil is a living and dynamic ecosystem in and of itself. And I was amazed if you think about it in the spiritual, what, 
what the implications are. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to one-up Google. I'm going to rewrite it. So I rewrote it. When it comes to the heart and the soil of our hearts, I wrote a neglected, stale heart. Can't be watered properly. It won't receive the truth of God's words as it's supposed to and therefore won't thrive spiritually. The key to a healthy, high-quality heart is lots of exposure to kingdom matter. Jesus, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and the church. Never forget that the heart is the soil of our lives and the key to its vitality is constant care and attention. Who loves that? Put that in Google. I'm going to send that off to Mr. Google right now and just tell him to switch it out. But only I determine my own soil quality. Only I do. You could have a great legacy of faith. You could have a father or parents that were, gave you an amazing legacy. You could have a grandfather that was a great preacher. You could have, and let's praise God for those amazing generational stories, but there comes a point when it's your responsibility when it comes to your soil. I love my kids. My kids are amazing, but there are going to come a time where we have to let the dock lines off and say, man, this is your boat now. This is your life now. This is your responsibility. This is your faith life. Are you going to take responsibility? Are you, are you going to take care of your own soil quality? Because I can't do it for you anymore. Only I can determine how good my soil is. Some people have been going to church their whole lives. And I want to say this the right way, but the soil quality is not that good. They've been going all the time, been going for a long time. But there's a neglected state in the soil because it's just become about routine. It's just become about, this is just what we do. It's procession on a Sunday. But can I just encourage you that God is not primarily interested in what you do. He's interested in your soil. He's interested in your heart, the condition of your heart, not what you do. But let me just say this. He does care about what you do. He cares about every single area of your life. He cares about everything you've got going on, the big, the small, all the little details. He wants to be involved. He's a heavenly father who loves you. But he's not primarily interested in what you do. He cares about who you are. He cares about your heart. He cares about the soil content, the soil quality in Jesus' name. I'd love it if you could write this down. Just something to meditate on, maybe in your quiet time this week. But my heart in God's hands is my best chance of success in life. My heart in God's hands is my best chance of success in life. One of my favorite Billy Graham quotes is this. He says, give your life to God. He can do a better job with it anyway. But it's my best chance of success. My best chance to what? My best chance to be a blessing. My best chance to be a witness. My best chance to be an impact in Jesus' name. My best chance to make a difference in Jesus' name in the world around me. My best chance to be fruitful in every season. Oh, church would look so different. Things would look so different. You know, you never got far following Jesus without having a heart conversation. You never went too far with Jesus. The rich young ruler, great example. He sort of showed up to Jesus and sort of, you know, had his little bucket list, his little checklist of things, taking care of all this Jesus. Basically perfect. Got everything worked out. Been doing all these things since I was young. But Jesus says, yeah, but what about this in your heart? 
What about this thing you've got going on in your heart? John chapter 4, the woman at the well. She, she encountered Jesus and thought they were just talking about buckets and water. All of a sudden it moved on to what's going on in your heart? The thing that you're thirsting for the most is not going to come from this well. It's not going to come from men. It's not going to come from people. This void only I can fill. Only I can do what you need me to do in your heart. Soil quality is the key, I believe, to longevity in church. Soil quality, our heart's condition, I believe is the key to being planted and being flourishing. So I wanted to give us a few ways to improve the soil quality in our lives. Is that okay this morning? Don't go quiet on me. This is 11 o'clock service. You guys are rowdy, okay, by definition. More coffee, you've had more coffee, more Dunkin' Donuts runs, you've had all kinds of stuff. But the first is this. If you want to improve the soil quality of your life, dig up and work on the soil more. Translation, show up to church more. Be involved. Throw yourself headfirst into the things of God. Headfirst into the things of God and allow the planting process to help your life. Another thing you could do is you could add more soil. Just keep dumping more soil in. Get more of church. Get more of the Word of God. Get more uh, time in prayer. Get more opportunities to be around things that God is doing and things in the church. That's the whole point is that you can add more and more and more and more soil. Something else we can do, we can invest in the soil. Go to an essentials class. Be in a connect group. Can I just encourage you that you don't go to a connect group so you make me feel better. Going to connect groups is actually a self-care exercise. Because we have leaders in our church that have been leading for a while and they know how to lead people in a Bible study, but they actually want to help you invest in the soil of your life. And so when you go to connect group, what are you doing? Working on my soil. Where are you going Tuesday night to this connect group thing? Working on my soil. Something else we could do. We could mix with better soil. We could mix with better soil. Change your friends if you have to. Never forget, as a young man, early in my time in church days, my pastor sat me down. He said, hey, you need to change your friends. He said, your future's on the line here. Change your friends. And if my heart receptivity, if the soil wasn't good in that moment, I would have grown offended. I would have turned away. But we need to mix our soil with better soil. Spend less time with negative, mean-spirited people if you have to. Only you know if it's rubbing off or not. But we need to be the type of people that understand, I oh, know I need to mix with better soil. I need to get better soil around me. Because if you don't, it's not worth it. Can I just say, not uh, being the type of person who says, you know, this is different, I can, I can handle this. And, you know, being in this relationship, I, I, it's okay, it's different this time. Can I just encourage, it's not different this time. It's not different. Take inventory of the people in your world. Something someone said to me one time was, show me your friends and I'll show you the next five years of your life. Mix with better soil if you need to mix with better soil. Fortunately, our church is big enough now where there's plenty of soil around. Go and mix. Get around people. You know, soil is important, I think, for God to speak to us. One of the ways that God speaks to us in church life is he wants to sometimes correct us. And that correction might come through a leader. And people don't like that word. It's like a church taboo word, correction. Whoa. It's like, excuse me. 
But Jesus speaks through correction or come through a leader who lovingly says to you, hey man, what about, what about this? I'm not sure about that, bro. Like, hey, why don't you? That's probably not God's best for your life. That's correction. But if our soil quality is not great, what happens is if we have a hardened soil content, our heart's not going to receive that word. Our heart's not going to receive that correction. We're going to walk the other way. You say, you know what? You don't know better, bro. Like, no. And then we leave and we get bitter and maybe offense tries to rob us of our future. But our soil content is a way for God to speak to us. See, I love the idea of people in our church working on their soil. Because we need to be attentive to it. Young people, there might be offers over here to go and do this, to be a part of the partying. And, you know, it reminds me of the thorns and the rocky path in that parable. It might look good over there. It might be sort of surface level goodness, but you might be over here saying, you know what, I can't be a part of that because right now I'm working on my soil. There might be better offers up there down the road. People sort of trying to tell me I should do this or the world's trying to sell me a bill of goods over here, but we don't need to necessarily be a part of that. We're just over here working on our soil. No matter where we're at in life, God wants us to have the right kind of heart condition so he can speak to us. And sometimes when there doesn't seem like there's a lot of fruit, can I just encourage you, if you're working on your soil, you're exactly doing what you should be doing. You might look around and say, I don't see a whole lot of fruit right now, but you're working in your soil. That's exactly where you're supposed to be. That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You don't need to be going over there. You don't need to be chasing that thing over there. You don't need to be trying to change a million different things up and rupturing the the, the state of your life because you're trying to chase down this fruit. Just work on your soil. Just keep investing in your soil and let God take care of the growth. Good soil is so important for our life. I would love it if our church, and we're talking about being planted in the house, I would love it that when people come into our church, that the soil is so good, the quality of the soil is so good that it literally doesn't matter where someone, what touch point someone has, where they go in church life, they're just hit with good soil everywhere they go. Behind the scenes, come into contact with someone that, that you would never see up the front here, good soil. You go to join the, the production team and someone's trying to train you up over there and you got that touch point there, good soil. You go into the kids, colonial kids ministry and you, you're working with the leaders, getting your kids checked in, good soil. Everywhere we go, good soil. What a beautiful picture of God's house. So point number three, point number one was I've got soil. Point number two was only I can determine how good that soil is. And point number three is this, God can always work with good soil. A soft, attentive heart is the best possible position for God to speak and for God to use. You know that good soil is attractive to God? See, I believe God's looking for good soil everywhere. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9, there's, there's issues with the kings of Israel and rebellion and versus obedience. And God says something amazing. He says this, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. God's looking for good soil. He's looking for soil to plant seed. He's looking for soil to go down deep. He's looking for soil to bring about a harvest. Not so it becomes about us, but it becomes about others. 
I believe ultimately your life is about having good soil so God can sow something in your life that goes down so deep and gets so well rooted and then watered by being planted in God's house that something incredible shoots up. And this incredible thing gives God the glory and gives Jesus the praise and the glory in your life. And people encounter your life. And it's just like, man, I cannot believe what God has done with this life. The soil is amazing. The health, the vitality. It's beautiful. God's looking for soil. And in verse 23, Jesus paints the picture. He says, and for what was sown on good soil, this is the one. I pray we'd be the one. This is the one. Listen to it. Who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. I love that word. Yields. There's a return. There's increase. There's something coming back to us. But look at the metrics. He says in one case, a hundredfold. In another, 60 and in another 30. See, that's the power of us as believers, making the choice. As often as maybe every day to say, you know what, my soil, my soil condition is far too important. My future means too much. And you know why it means too much? It's because there's people that need my help. There's people that I'm going to encounter along the way. There's going to be people that come into my path that God sends into my path. And unless my soil quality is great, can I just encourage you, friend? God's not going to give you that assignment because you're too hard. But if we have soil quality, He's going to bring people into your life that you're able to speak life into, that you're able to speak encouragement into, you're able to put courage into, and their trajectory completely changes because of an interaction with you. And we get to a place in our lives where we realise it's no longer about us. Being planted and flourishing, get to be planted, get to flourish. That's great for me. I love that I get to benefit from what God does. But the whole point is he gets the glory and someone else gets helped. I pray we'd be the type of people that cared about our heart condition so much. That we we wouldn't stop at just making it about us. Because you are important. Your heart does matter to God. But God wants to use that as a channel to reach other people as well. You received that word this morning. Would you stand? I want to pray for some people this morning. And I don't know what part of this message speaks to you. But why don't you just ask the Holy Spirit right now, what part of this message is speaking to me? What part of this message do I need to to apply to my own life? Soil can grow stale. So maybe there's staleness that needs to be dealt with today. Soil can, can grow hard. Maybe there's hardness of heart somewhere because of a past experience, past offense, past thing that happened. Maybe there's no life in the soil at the moment because... You've been disappointed. And if you're honest with yourself, you're at a place where you're like, man, I'm just kind of hopeless. And I'm hopeless because I haven't seen victory lately. I haven't seen fruit lately. 
And so I just don't, I just don't know where God is in this whole picture, but can I encourage you, God's right there with you. And He loves you so much to care so much about you that He sent Jesus to die on a cross to be raised on the third day so that you could have the kind of heart that's been transplanted in you that's connected with His. He cares about you so much. So I wonder what God wants to do in your life today. I want to pray for people that maybe are struggling with these things. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, no one's looking around. This is a private moment, but I, I would love for, for us to invite the Holy Spirit in to just do some work to work on this soil. So if you, if you feel like this is for you and this message is speaking to you, maybe there's hardness, maybe there's staleness, maybe there's just a lack of vitality, lack of life, just lift your hand. I want to pray for you. It's awesome. There's lots of hands raised. If you still want to raise your hand, just lift it up. I'm going to include you in a prayer. This is the power of God. This has got nothing to do with me. Holy Spirit, you see every single hand. And God, we just ask right now through the power of your Spirit that you would heal areas that need to be healed. And Father, I just pray for hardness of heart, hardness of soil. Lord, that you would soften that right now in Jesus' name. That whatever is the reason for it, whatever is holding them back, God, Whatever's holding people back, Lord, I just pray that that would be dealt with and taken care of right now. Father, I pray that you would breathe life into stale soil right now. That you would breathe your your everlasting life into people's situations. Father, I just pray that people that have lost hope and maybe allowed their soil to grow hard and stale and has become a place of neglect, God, I just pray that you would breathe hope into people right now through your Holy Spirit. Healing, if healing's needed. Forgiveness, if forgiveness is needed. To deal with bitterness right now, God. Someone's been hurt here before. I pray right now, Lord, that you would remind them in this moment how much you love them. That that wasn't you, that, that this is who you really are, that you love them. And God, I just pray right now for the rest of us, Lord, and our own heart condition, Father. Lord, as we get towards the end of this service, God, I just pray you would seal that word in our hearts, Lord. That we would on a daily basis, Lord, at every available moment, Lord, that we would posture our lives before you, we would soften our hearts. Father, we would soften our lives, Father, but that we would also take inventory, Lord. Be willing to take inventory and work on the condition of our soil, the quality of it, God knowing full well that there's seed coming, knowing full well there's assignments that are coming, knowing full well that you have great things ahead. So Father, we just pray right now that you would seal that word in our hearts, that we would leave this place different, that we would leave this place knowing, Lord, that you do what only you can do, which is take us from strength to strength and glory to glory in Jesus' name. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.